lot of people go through their lives never really identifying that purpose. And because they don't ever identify it, they don't get to fully live in purpose. Welcome to Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh, where we bring people from different walks of life with hopes that you can learn from lessons learned from a variety of guests. And on today's podcast and on today's episode, we have Michelle Huber. Michelle recently launched her book, Living with Purpose, a framework for igniting your fullest potential. And you are going to enjoy this awesome discussion that we had where we unpack the, the really the heart of her book, Living with Purpose. So to tell you about who Michelle Hubert is, she's a principal with Coors Garden International, which helps leaders develop world-class cultures and consistent predictable results at every level of their business. Previously, she was a regional vice president with Farm Bureau Financial Services, where she led a team of more than a dozen managers and trainers and almost 500 agents and sales associates. Michelle is also an independent certified coach, teacher, trainer, and speaker with the John Maxwell team. She and her husband, Tim, live in Manhattan, Kansas. They have two sons, Brayden and Kale, a daughter-in-law, Krista, and one granddaughter, Briley. So we hope you enjoy the discussion with Michelle on her latest book, Living With Purpose. Michelle, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Looking forward to uh, this discussion on your new book. Yeah, thanks for having me, Cameron. I'm honored. Awesome. Well, um, tell us the audience a little bit about yourself before we get going on talking about your latest book. Yeah, so I um, have been in the financial services profession for over 32 years. Um, I served in various roles uh, as, as an agent, uh, helping clients with risk management, um, and then ended my career as a regional vice president. So kind of have done everything all along the way and and have loved every second of it. I, I did retire from that chapter of my life in December. And I now am a principal with Coors Garden International. And at Coors Garden International, we help um, carriers, um, organizations, producers, field leaders, um, in, in primarily in the insurance and financial security profession, um, just break through to the next level, essentially, to transform their businesses. And so that's the work that I do all day, every day today, and love every second of it. Awesome. Well, uh, special congratulations to your newest book release, uh, Living with Purpose, a Framework for Igniting Your Fullest Potential. Um, so tell us a little bit about this topic, Living with Purpose, and really what's the heart uh, behind this book and what made you want to write a book on this topic? Yeah, so I, I've been fortunate over the course of my life and the course of my career to have um, not only some amazing mentors in my life, um, but to also have participated in a lot of great programs over the years. And fortunately for me, probably, gosh, 25 years ago already, um, I participated in a program that really helped me identify um, kind of my own personal mission statement. So uh, my mission statement is to live a life that's balanced, organized, and structured in a way 
that allows me to spend the majority of my time helping others. And, you know, it took months for me to identify that. And I know I got it right because, you know, all this time later, it's probably more true today than it was when I wrote it. But I think a lot of people go through their lives never really identifying that purpose. And because they don't ever identify it, they don't get to fully live in purpose. And so I was really fortunate, like I said, early, early in my life, early in my career to have that opportunity. And it's just, it's, it has um, brought clarity to my life and it has uh, allowed me to continuously pursue the best version of myself. And I think a lot of people go through life without that opportunity. And so that was kind of the, the original motivation behind the book was, you know, somebody helped me along the way do that work. And if I could help other people do that work, then that's definitely something that I wanted to do. Mm, yeah, it's been an awesome read to go through because I'm so passionate about this. Uh, and I'm also writing a chapter on exactly what we're talking about today is purpose and and truly finding um, your why. Um, in your book, you talked a lot about how living with purpose really applies to every aspect of our in every area of our lives. Can you just uh, give some insights on how this thing that we're talking about living with purpose um, applies in, in every area of our life? Yeah, I think it's all so interconnected and each category overflows to the next. And I I really, for the purpose of writing the book, broke it down into four categories. Like um, what are the things that we can do to, to live in purpose personally, just like us as human beings? Um, what are the things that we can do to help us live in purpose professionally? And then... Um, with our families as we have families and as those families grow. And then finally, spiritually, uh, which they're probably backwards. Spiritually should probably come first and be the foundation for everything else. Um, but I broke everything down into those four categories and I think they all are intertwined and overlap with each other. Um, but it's all based around really getting to the core of who we are as human beings. Um, we are all uniquely designed uh, to bring something special to this place uh, for as long as we're in it. And um, really being able to identify what that is and to fully live into it and to model that for others so that they can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to touch on one of the elements that you talked about is which is uh, also important to me that you mentioned is spiritual freedom. Mm. So how does one get towards, um, I guess, finding their purpose in their spirituality mm. and um, finding that spiritual freedom? Yeah. So I, you know, early in my career, I kind of felt like for some reason, I don't know where this came from, that I had to, um, almost mask or hide that piece of myself and not, and not really bring that to the surface. And what I didn't realize was that my beliefs and, and my value system and who God designed me to be are actually my superpower. 
-hmm. and that that's what attracts like-minded people to uh, to us as individuals and so when i think of like spiritual freedom i think about um really exploring and leaning into who god designed us to be and that that's like individual work right like that's not that's not something other people can necessarily help us with that comes from a lot of stillness and a lot of prayer and a lot of um, introspection. And I think when we start, you know, get away from comparison, like who we think others think we should be, and we really start leaning into who God designed us to be, it can create a lot of freedom in our lives for us just to fully live in that, right? And I, I also think from a spirituality standpoint, the more I have um, learned and lived into the idea of grace, I think the more freedom it has created in my life. And I think that, you know, we first have to have an understanding of grace as it relates to our relationship with, with Jesus Christ and, and with our Lord and Savior. And that that grace is what we should also be extending ourselves, which is the hardest part, right? Like we never fully extend grace to other people until we learn to extend it to ourselves. And so it, it's that thought that I'm human and nothing's gonna change that. And because I'm human, I'm imperfect and I'm gonna make mistakes and really operating from the place of um, when something gets off track or there's a misstep, you know, or there's a setback or whatever, um, really thinking about it from the perspective of, okay, that wasn't great. I could have handled that better. That didn't go the way that I planned, but every day in every way I'm getting better and better. And just leaning into the grace uh, that we all have available to us, like, you know, it, too much in this world, there's too much striving for perfection and there's too much comparison and we're never going to be perfect. And so really just leaning into um, the freedom to be who God designed us to be. And and part of that is being imperfect, honestly. Part of that is being human. Yeah, you, you touched on um, something interesting there that just came to mind was um, I had to do the same too like growing up in school is like, I, I hid my spirituality, even though it was always a part of me. And I think I, what, what I did, and I think, I think even people that I know, a lot of people do this, they, they compartmentalize what you're talking about here is that professional, that personal, right. that family, that spiritual, that it all needs to be separated. But the reality is it's, all those things come together and it's really a part of our DNA and who we are That's as, right. as people. And I like what you said is like, we're, we, we don't, we need to stop playing that comparison game because mm. I think actually nowadays people cherish that imperfection. Uh, people cherish that authenticity that, That's right. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't, I don't need to be perfect. Um, or I think, people are able to understand us better when we show our imperfection. It's That's like, right. you're this way because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. That transparency and vulnerability is what can, it's, it's the deepest connection with each other. Right. 
-hmm. And, you know, your comment around compartmentalization, and that's a good way to say it. You know, I did that for a long time. And at the end of my career, I didn't hide any of it. Like um, we prayed publicly all the time together as a team. And I wasn't going to hide any of that. I was unapologetic about it. And it, and I believe actually, honestly, that that transparency uh, built stronger, deeper relationships mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And what I learned too, is that even though people don't believe in what you believe, they still cherish your beliefs, your thoughts and your opinions. Um, once you are open, especially when it comes to that spirituality is, uh, I only probably became open through it, uh, maybe a couple of years ago only, um, yeah. you know, uh, and it's been so refreshing to, um, people are curious, people want to learn more about why do you believe the way you believe? And it creates some awesome conversations that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. One thing that I really enjoyed in a or a years ago, Craig Rochelle um, had a sermon. He talked about, you know, he his goal is to try to be the same in the church. His goal is try to be the same at home with his family uh, in everything that he does. And um, that's honestly difficult to do because yeah. we, we could almost be different people at home. We could be different people in the church. Um, we could be different people in the professional world. Yeah, that's so true. And mm-hmm. creating that, you know, that common thread, that transparency and vulnerability is when we get to that place, mm-hmm. you know, that that's when we're really operating in freedom. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on that too, is um, in your book, you talk a lot about freedom. Uh, what does, can you define freedom and what does that mean uh, in your book, uh, Living with Purpose? Yeah, so I think in in each of the four categories, it means something just a little bit different, but but there's a lot of um, interconnectedness in between the four. And I would say, personally, when I think about freedom, just me as a human being, I think about freedom from limiting beliefs or strongholds. Um, you know, we go through things throughout our lives, and you know, it's not it's not the the bumps and the bruises and the pain that we go through. Um, it's how we think about those things that holds us back. Mm-hmm. And so really uh, being aware of those things and creating a different story for ourselves. Um, so I think about that. I think about freedom to live fully into who we are and what we believe. Um, professionally, it's very similar, but there's a nuance. I think about when I think about freedom, I think about, you know, um, being part of an organization where uh, we have alignment with our vision and values and and we're very clear about who we are and what we stand for. And that really gives us the freedom to to laser focus on the work that we should be doing every day. and and also the freedom to say no to the things that that aren't connected to the work that we should be doing every day. So that's what I think about when I think about professionally. When I think about with our families, um, it's it's a little it's a little different. I think about you know knowing who we are and what we stand for as a family, so knowing what our values are and what's important to us, and then um, making sure that our calendar reflects that. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes with families, especially you know when we're raising kids, it's easy to. Um, you know, want to participate in everything. 
And that gets kind of gets back to that comparison thing or even that fear of missing out. And I would like to see families today have fear of doing too much uh, because I think a lot of calendars are um, extremely crowded with things we think that we should do, you know, that our kids should do. And there's not a lot of breathing room. There's not a lot of, you know, quiet space. And so when I think about freedom for family, I mean, clearly we want to fill the, our calendar with things that bring us joy and bring us together as a family and that we want to do together. And, but I think it's also, you know, freedom to say no and, and maybe to shift that fear of missing out to fear of doing too much. Mm -hmm. uh, and creating that, those times for quiet space. And then spiritually, when I think about freedom, I just think about, you know, knowing that, you know, there isn't anything that I could do that would change my relationship with my heavenly father. And that, you know, regardless of mistakes that I make, or, or like I said earlier, missteps, um, there's, there's unlimited grace. And, you know, I, I like to say, and this is, I mean, I believe that Jesus modeled this for us. Like my job is to love them. It's not to judge them or to fix them. That's it. Mm -hmm. And so really, you know, leaning in and living into that and knowing that, you know, our job is to be a reflection of his love and his light and, and then to let the, everything else work itself out. Mm. That's awesome. I, I really like it in the end of each of your chapters, how you concluded each of them. You, you talked about embrace you, the nuggets on that. Uh, you talked about design your life. And one that I really love talking about is build a legacy. And yeah. I feel like that's, that's so important. Um, I, I think no matter where people are in their uh, spectrum of age. I think oftentimes people are on the latter end, you know, retirement, they start talking about, oh, building a legacy. I know John Maxwell talks a lot about that because he's yeah. he's kind of at, at, the, at the end of his reign with John Maxwell and trying to figure out, you know, how does he leave a legacy? Um, so what's your insights on that? Especially because there was um, a, a pastor that spoke at a conference I attended he talked about, you know, there's so much conversation on legacy. He's like, I just want to last. Um, so what's yeah. your, your take on uh, your, your, uh, your chapter that you talk about build a legacy? Yeah. So I, your point is spot on. I, I, I don't think about legacy in terms of what we leave when we leave this earth. I think of legacy in terms of what happens when we leave the room. And so leaving the room can be anything, right? Like a, a high school student can leave a legacy on their high school. Like, you know, what did they bring to the culture of the high school? What, how did they contribute, right? How were they a difference maker? How did they make other students feel? Like they can literally, you know, at, at 16, 17, 18 years of age, leave a legacy. Um, and it, and it happens all throughout our lives, right? Whether it's personally or professionally. And, you know, I, I've thought a lot about, you know, I, I spent over 32 years with one organization and building relationships, you know, with people that are more like family to me. Um, and I think about, you know, what did I leave behind? You know, did, did I make it a better place? Did I, did I invest in people? Um, did I, was I a great mentor to people? Did I leave things better than I found them? And 
you know, as I as I started writing that chapter, I I really started thinking about um, and by the way, that book was like a, you know, six year process. So it's not something that happened overnight, but um, not just thinking about what do I want to have happen when I leave this earth, because that is a piece of the puzzle, right? Like what what legacy do I want to leave from that perspective? But I think about legacy every day. Like I think about what am I contributing? What am I contributing to whatever it is that I'm doing? And, you know, am I, am I making this organization, this place, this program, this meeting, this whatever better by having been here? And I, I think it's like an all day, every day kind of a thing, like, and, and really just being laser focused on what we're contributing. Well, that's awesome. Um, I wanted to, to kind of, um, turn the conversation a little bit in terms of, uh, your book writing journey, uh, how was the process? Um, give give our listeners because as a fellow author, it, it's kind of neat to kind of just uh, see what your process was like. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a long journey. Um, I uh, originally being began writing the book um, a good seven years ago, probably. Um, and I, of course, had never written a book before. I'm a first time author, and so I. Uh, just started organizing thoughts, really, which I'm sure, you know, is the way most people begin, just kind of categorizing and organizing thoughts um, and kind of getting things in into chapters. And, and I worked with multiple people along the way that helped me kind of enhance, refine my message. I'm a big believer in coaching in every area of my life. Um, and so I had people that coached and helped me along the way. Um, but, you know, it evolved over time. It evolved over time. And really what started out as a, um, you know, I think I can help people with this particular topic started to turn into, and this goes to your question around legacy, um, started to turn into almost like this love letter to my kids and grandkids. And I, that, that was not what I set out to do in the beginning at all. But, but as things progressed and came along, I could see that like one day when I'm gone, you know, future generations will know who I was and what I stood for and what I believed, you know? And so it, it really became that for me, but, um, I started working on the workbook because we can all read a great book and that's fantastic, but you know, the magic is always in the execution. And so um, I, I wrote a companion workbook that that was an iteration over several years as well. So um, it, it got better and better and better over time. And then um, before I uh, released this last version, I also recorded a video masterclass series and that was a learning process as well. And so it's kind of funny, you know, people when you've written a book and I know, you know, this Cameron, like people will often say to you, Oh, I want to write a book. You know, like they've, they've mm-hmm. very few people haven't thought about writing a book. Most people have. Right. But they don't understand like the daily discipline that it takes to do that for many years. I would wake up and be at my desk at five o'clock in the morning to write and to edit and to record ideas and to, and, you know, it takes daily discipline 
and it's not glamorous and it's, and it, and at times it's frustrating and at times it's heartbreaking and it's, you know, it's, it, it, there's oftentimes a feeling of, I don't know if this is ever going to come to fruition. And so, um, I think people think it's glamorous and it's not. And oftentimes, you know, and I know your book is this way when you're, you know, when you're writing from the heart, um, that that's very hard as well, because you're, you know, it's a very vulnerable place to be to, to write a book, um, about who you are and what you believe and to open yourself up to, you know, potential critics, but talk about a growing process. Like one of the greatest growing processes of my life, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it is very, very challenging, especially when we talk about being busy right now, you want to write a book. And, uh, I found myself very similar as you waking up five in the morning uh, before really, you know, the first call starts at nine for work and really getting about good two and a half, three hours of That's reading right. or writing done. And then I found myself writing on airplanes. I it was in a season of traveling and um that's all I did because there was no internet unless he paid for it. But that's when I would get plugged in and get my writing. Yeah. But um, what I did not, uh, and you're right too, you know, it's a vulnerable time writing the book and getting it to a point where you want to be as authentic as possible. But what I, what I did not expect in the journey is when everything was done and you're waiting for that release date. Yeah. Uh, I was so anxious you know, are, are people going to read this? Are people going to understand the message? Did the message come across? And yeah. um, I think the point of affirmation that I got was when I read the book for the first time, page to page, mm. and that was do, doing the audiobook. And yeah. that, that that was an, uh, an amazing process. But one thing I like about the book writing and, and uh, getting into this world is there's so many different ways that you can repurpose the message. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, you're, you make such a great point about the audio book and, you know, I, I am proud of the book and I'm proud of the workbook and I'm proud of the videos, but I'm most proud of the accomplishment of seeing it through um, because it, you know, it, it is a, a growing opportunity and it's not easy and it takes massive amounts of self-discipline to getting to that launch day, you know, I'm really, really, really proud of the accomplishment. And it, and it, you know, causes me to, um, to recognize the accomplishment of others as well. Did you have any surprises that you might've not expected along the way? Yeah. So I'll share a couple of what are now funny stories. This is like a, <laughs> a truly vulnerable moment. I've not even shared this with anybody. So this is funny. I'll share it. I'll share it with you. I might as well be vulnerable. So I, so I go into the studio to record the audiobook, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I think you and I work with the same studio. So there were some travel required and, um, and I, I get there the day of, and I, I feel like I'm getting a cold and I I'm panicked because I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I, I, today of all days, like I cannot have a cold. Right. So I'm not feeling great. Um, I go in to record the audiobook. Like 
I deal with stress all day, every day. Like I, I high pressure situations. Like I'm, I'm not an anxious person. I get in the recording room and this is something I've never done before. Right. And I'm, I'm so in my head. I'm like, what if I have to cough? What if I sniffle? Will it, will it, what if I swallow? Is the microphone going to pick up the noise? Like I'm <laughs> in my head thinking like all of these things. And I start recording the audiobook. And uh, a poor, you know, expert in the room with me, like we stop after the introduction and I literally think I'm going to pass out and I have to lay on the floor of the studio. <laughs> like this has never <laughs> happened before. <laughs> I literally lay on the floor of the studio and I'm like, this is insane. What is happening right now? Push through, take a break, get into it, get into a flow. And you know this. Like mm -hmm. things start to get easier, like, and, and got all the way through, ended up re-recording the introduction, but I'm just like, okay, this is insanity right now, but it's a great example of, you know, the hardest part of doing something is getting started. Mm -hmm. And when we do something for the first time, it's, it's the hardest. And so I remember thinking, oh, I'm so glad I never have to do that for the first time again. Right. Mm -hmm. Like now I know what to expect, you know, and so and I had I had a very similar experience, different but similar with recording the video masterclass uh, series, which I had to do twice, mm -hmm. twice. So to get it done right. But another example of following through to fruition. And, and I always say you have to be willing to be bad before you can be good. Mm -hmm. And you just have to be willing to dive in and be bad for a minute so you can get to the part where you can be good. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so many, you know, early in the book writing process, I lost like five hours worth of writing, which I felt like was my very best writing because I had a computer issue. Yeah. Devastated, devastated, wanted to give up. Mm -hmm. And so just lots of, lots of little bumps in the road along the way that it's not glamorous and it's not easy and it's a growing process and it's it's having the discipline to to stay the course mm -hmm. but i i think you know something that we're talking about is book writing that's one of the the things that is helping us truly live out our purpose right it's bringing mm -hmm. us into that uncomfortable and you know you're talking about a you know a, uh you know, different experiences that, such as the audiobook process. And I think that's taking it back to your book a little bit is, you know, living out your purpose might be uncomfortable because you, you might be in something, uh, sorry, talking about the listeners, you might be in something that you are just what I call it, riding the wave. You're just going as things go by, but it might not be something that you're really called to live out as uh, mm. in your purpose. And that, in order to live in your purpose, you might need to go into that uncomfortable, that That's high right. stress and anxious situations and go through that. And, and I think you, you hit the nail, Michelle is you, the hardest part is getting started. That's right. Well, and even, even when we have those moments of fear, you know, I always, I like to ask myself and, and others when I'm coaching on the question of what would you do if fear weren't part of the equation? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we would make different decisions if fear weren't part of the, the equation. And, and that's part of what you're talking about and being brave and bold and courageous, you know, 
listen, the most successful people in the, in this world are the ones that are most willing to fail. And you, you gotta be, you gotta be willing to fail and you gotta be willing for things to be messy and imperfect. And it, it ultimately leads you to a really great place. So yeah, I would encourage your readers as well. You know, there's, there's probably something that you're being called to do that you're avoiding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I really am. So I really enjoyed this topic. So we could go on for a while on this. <laughs> um, yeah. um, for, for those that want to get a copy of your book and some of the other resources that are available, you know, uh, that, that packs this message of living with purpose, what, what are some resources that, that are available? Yeah. So any, I'm easy to find on LinkedIn, so you can connect with me on LinkedIn, but to order the book, the, the work back audio book, um, the video masterclass series, it's michellehubert.com. And so, um, they can find me that way easily. Uh, I, I am actually most proud of the video masterclass. I think that in the book, uh, my message kind of came together in the development of the workbook and recording the audio book. It kind of was refined, but I feel like when we got to the videos, like it, my, I feel like my, my message was fully developed. And so I feel like those masterclass videos are the most impactful resource of all of them, but michellehubert.com. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, Michelle, we'll leave the link in the podcast description. So if those listening want to um, connect with Michelle and um, purchase her resources that she has available uh, on her message and her book, Living With Purpose. So we'll put that in the podcast description. Um, as we close, uh, Michelle, before I have a little bit of a rapid round, but as we close, uh, some last words of encouragement to our listeners when we're talking about uh, living with purpose. Mm. Yeah, I would say that that um, oftentimes in our lives, uh, we feel like we are victims of everything that's going on around us. And I think that we all have an opportunity to choose differently, right? To be intentional and to choose not only to find our purpose, but to live in our purpose. And so, you know, if that's a journey that that you feel like you'd like to pursue, um, I'd love to connect with you. I, I know it's there for all of us um, and that, that God has really big plans for all of us. And sometimes we don't even know for sure what those are until we get still and we get in prayer and we start to explore. But um, I would just encourage everybody out there, like you, there's so much more for your life than you're even imagining today. I wanted to start off this uh, kind of lightning round uh, of questions. Um, what is it that you're reading today or what what are some recommended reads that you have? Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned John Maxwell earlier. So I'm currently reading um, one of his latest books, The 16 Undeniable Laws of Communication. So I'm I'm in that currently. Um, and, and I'm, I'm a reader. I'm not, you know, I'm not one of these people that's going to read, you know, a hundred books a year, but I'm a consistent reader. I, I do read every day. And so that's what I'm in currently. I, I'm a big follower of John Maxwell and I've learned a lot, uh, when it comes to leadership from him, but that's what I'm in currently. Awesome. I, I really like that book and I feel it's, it's very different from the regular kind of John mm -hmm. Maxwell style and, um, uh, so I've, I've actually recommended that to a lot of uh, people 
uh, that haven't got really introduced to John Maxwell. So it's it's a really good that. Yeah. Um, how about uh, dead or alive? Who would you like to have lunch with? So I would say, and this the the this isn't necessarily going to be anybody your listeners will know. Um, but I had early in my career, thirty years ago, um, somebody who believed in me and saw more in me than I saw in myself. And actually, um, and he was a mentor of mine and he had a brother uh, who ended up mentoring me a little bit later in my career. And so um, I would absolutely love to have lunch with Jack and Gary Kinder. Um, again, not, not somebody probably your, your listeners are going to know, but if they know my profession, they're going to know those names mm. uh, because they were industry icons. And, and they not only taught me how to be a better business person, they taught me how to be a better mother and a better wife and a better leader and a better Christian. Mm. And so there's probably no one else that's had more influence on my life than they have. Um, and they're both gone now. And so, of course, I would cherish the opportunity to have lunch with them. Awesome. And then a uh, final question. What's one bucket list item that you mm. would like to do? So I would say um, one bucket list item would be uh, doing a mission trip. Mm. So I've never done that. Um, and it's been on my bucket list. So I need I need to uh, get it off the bucket list and onto the to do list, <laughs> onto the planning list and and do that. But that's something I would like to do. Oh, cool. Is there a particular region you would like to go to? Um, I don't know. I, I've had in the back of my mind, um, I've sponsored a little girl through Compassionate International for probably seven years now. And um, she lives in Guatemala. And so that, you know, I don't know, May, maybe to go see her someday, maybe somewhere else. I'm not sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, thank you so much, um, Michelle, for being on the podcast. Really uh, thoroughly enjoyed the discussion. And honestly, thank you for writing this book. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Cameron. It's my honor. And it's been such a pleasure to get to know you better as well. So look forward to staying connected. Awesome. And uh, for those looking to connect with uh, Michelle and uh, get a get a copy of her book and also the other formats that she has available, such as the audiobook, uh, video masterclass and study guide, uh, that link is in the podcast description. Uh, we'll leave it in there. And um, also just for the listeners, uh, Michelle, what's the website again? MichelleHubert.com. All right. MichelleHubert.com. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for being on the podcast. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Cameron. Well, I hope you enjoyed this discussion that I had with Michelle on her latest book, Living with Purpose. And if you want, would like to get a copy of her book, Living with Purpose, a framework for igniting your fullest potential, check out the link in the podcast description on whichever platform you're listening on, uh, and you can get a, a copy there. And uh, you'll be able to be directly linked to her website and find out about um, Michelle and the work that she does. Well, I really hope you enjoyed this episode that it added value to your life wherever you are at in your journey. And also, feel free uh, to connect with me on social media. You can go to my website, CameronSing.com. And also, if you haven't purchased my first published book, Navigation and Discovery, you can go to CameronSing.com and you'll see the link there to purchase uh, my first book, 
in any format, whether you want it in paperback, digital, or Kindle, or the audiobook version as well. And also, there's an accompanied study guide to go along with the book. If this is your first time listening to Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh, uh, subscribe on the, whichever streaming platform you're listening on so you get a notification when the next podcast episode goes live. And also feel free to drop in a review of the podcast episode. Um, that would be greatly appreciated. And again, if you want to connect with me, CameronSingh.com. Well, we thank you so much for tuning in to Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh. And we will catch you on the next episode.